Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If you like Mount Rushmore shows and stupid poll questions, you've chosen the wrong sports radio show. Expect more. Live from Atlanta, it's the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, it's so much fun to be with you, and it's so much fun to mock the cliches of sports radio that I hate. You know that uh, if you've been a part of this show over the years that uh, we are not formulatic. I think that is the way you say that word, formulatic. Uh, We don't do things like every other show. We don't uh, do Mount Rushmore shows. We don't just take calls on any subject. I'm not Larry King. I'm not wearing suspenders. Even though I did get a note from Larry King once, a handwritten note that literally was one of the highlights of my radio career was getting a note from Larry King. Absolutely awesome. Love you. Love you, Larry. Appreciate it so much. But uh, fun to be with you. John Kincaid show here on CBS Sports Radio for the last time, too. Anthony, it's the last time. You know, when we got two hours left. I know. Now you're going to have a new... uh, How does it feel, too, as a producer of a show? How does it feel when you get a new host that you have to produce with? Because after you started producing me... No, I mean, after you started producing me, you had to start producing for... Robin Lundberg came on after, right? Came to the network after me. Ken Carmen came to the network after me. Yes. So you had to learn so you had to learn how to and by the way, you I tell you this, you you you've got a pretty good stable, and I think you help every one of those hosts sound better. No, I was uh I, I have been very fortunate on the weekends. I have thoroughly enjoyed uh my time with each and every one of the hosts that I've had to work with on the weekends. And uh yeah, I became full time January of twenty fifteen. And that's when we got together, and uh, yes. it was you. And then on Saturday mornings was Moose and the Maggie show. Moose and Maggie, yes. Radio. Now, I mean, with, with Moose, now Moose and Maggie, completely different show. Completely different show than than what I do. Yeah, a little bit different. Right? A little I mean, a bit complete, different. Completely different show. And but not but it, what, what's cool about it is is that every single show can be different in its own right for for what it does and for the kind of fun you have and, and, and what you want to do, right? I mean, yeah, every, you know, it's, uh, it's always interesting, you know, learning the different personalities and, and how to interact with them. Uh, but thankfully, they've all made it very easy. Okay, including so. Including you. Got to make it really, got to, but we got to have Dish a little dirty laundry, right? Who's the easiest to deal with? 
Who is the easiest host you've had to deal with? Honestly, it's been they've all been very Cuz we're pretty we're, we're, I would think you got you have a good crew. That's why I said to you, you've got a good crew. Listen, again, I, again, uh, and, and I would admit to you, um nobody on the weekends. I will say this, I'm not going to actually name names, you but can. there are <laughs> there are a couple of hosts here on this network that even if you, they would have to pay me six figures to work with <laughs> on a daily basis, and even at that point, I still might say no to them. So you'd still consider. You'd still consider. Yeah, there, there are a couple of real winners here. I, I won't name. That names, you've had problems. Okay, so that's true. Look, every 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 outfit has that. You know, over time, you've got pro, You know, you get people like that to deal with. You've got a good crew, though. You got a good crew here. Uh, a gentleman saying here to me, he goes, I. Um, he says, I, I, I find it hard to believe that you and Robin Lundberg, that you're as big a fan of Lundberg as you say you are. Anthony, you know my respect for Robin off the air. He, he, this guy says, I'm a big fan of yours. He goes, I find it hard to believe. He goes, I, he goes, Lundberg and you are two polar opposite people. And so you're the only one who can verify this, that, I am a, that I've been a huge Robin Lundberg fan since he joined the network. Yes, you have spoken very highly of him off the air. Because why though? I don't need I don't need to agree with a host to like them. I, look, I'm telling you flat out. Yeah, it just goes for life in general. Like you don't have to you don't have to agree with someone to find them interesting. I find Lundberg interesting. I find him interesting. I find Ken Carmen odd. And I love odd. Anybody who knows, Damon Amendelar does the you know your 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 Sunday morning football show here on the network. And the DA show here on this network. And one of the things I've watched at this network since day one when I arrived, and I was a day one employee of this network. One of the things I noticed when I arrived is this guy, Damon Amendolara, doing overnights. Then doing six to ten at night. Then moving into the, uh, you know, into the daily lineup and then doing morning drive. Uh, a guy like Damon Amendolara. His show is odd. It's different. Many days, it's stupid, and I can't get enough of it as a listener because I find that is, that is exactly what speaks to me, and that's why everybody who's saying kind things this morning about the, about the show, I appreciate that, but I hope you like, I like unique radio shows. I like shows that try things. There are bits they do on Damon Mandelara's show, on the DA show. There are bits that they do and that they try that absolutely suck. And they are some of the best moments of that show. And it's one of the reasons that a lot of young broadcasters will reach out to me and ask me to listen to some of their work or talk to me about the business and everything. And I will always point to that. I'm getting ready to launch a new show in Philly. And I say, too, I've got new guys I'm going to be working with that are going to be part of the show and, and, and new people behind the scenes. And I said, we are going to break eggs, especially in 2021. We are going to break eggs. We are going to do different things, odd things, weird things, try things, and look to create laughs, memorable moments, have some fun, and do things differently than everybody else. You don't need to be like everybody else. You don't need to sound like everybody else. And to those of you broadcasters, and I've got a lot of guys that I consider, you know, that I'm huge fans of in our business, and I try to let you know about them when I, when I come across them. The ones who take chances, the ones who are odd, the ones who are different are the ones who always have my support, are the ones that I always am like, okay, I, I, this is the guy I need to get to know, need to know him better. Odd stuff. And Mraz is odd. 
which helps too. It helps when you're it helps when you're odd like Sean Morass. Oh, he's an idiot. Well, I mean, but look, but he's our idiot. But he's ours. By the way, it brings me to what I wanted to talk about this segment of the show. I'm I thought for sure that going into the year, I thought for sure that I was going to really, really love, love the contenders in the AFC. I thought, okay, Kansas City, how many teams go back-to-back and win a Super Bowl? It's so rare. It's incredibly rare. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, someone is going to upset Kansas City. And they're not going to be able to accomplish what they want to accomplish. But you know what I found is the more I watch the AFC contenders, the more I think that they've all got warts. And I'm looking at it saying, you know, gosh, I, I may be more confident in Kansas City than I've ever been in what they are. Now, remember, I picked Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC, and they still have a chance to be able to do so. So they still have that opportunity to be that team that goes. Right now they're sitting there with the three seed. Now remember, you only get a bye if you're the one seed. So right now the Steelers are the team you know, controlling that one seed, and I don't think they're going to be controlling it for long. And I think having to go to Arrowhead is going to be a real problem for you. And if you get Patrick Mahomes... Two home games, even without the Arrowhead crowd, you give them two home games to get to the Super Bowl, in my mind, it's over. It's over. Because Pittsburgh's leaking oil. Tennessee, to me, has leaked oil all over the highway. The Dolphins and the Colts aren't ready to win three games. And here's what I'll say. Dolphins Dolphins intrigue me. Colts intrigue me. Intrigue me. They're not ready ready to win three games yet. And for Buffalo, I don't know if they're ready to win one home game and then two road games. Do I see Buffalo right now being able to win a home game and then go to Kansas City and then go to Pittsburgh or vice versa, go to Pittsburgh and go to Kansas City and win those two games in a row? To me, the Chiefs are home free. If they get the one seed, they're home free. But to me, the only contender in the AFC who I have not seen where, and when I say leak oil, I mean I I see vulnerabilities. I see problems in what they're bringing to the table. The Cleveland Browns are the only team to me that I consider to be ascending. Pittsburgh's not ascending. Buffalo is sort of flat. Flat. But I'm still impressed by them, but they're flat. Tennessee is not ascending. Miami is not ascending. And I don't care what you... That team's not going to win three road games to get to a Super Bowl. They're not winning three games on the road three weeks in a row. And the Colts aren't either. And the Vegas Raiders or the Ravens, they're not either. So, Kansas City getting that one seed? It honestly, it's the death knell for everybody. It is the death knell for y'all. And right now, the Saints have an opportunity to, to make a move in. All right, we have a special guest on the line, Anthony? Yes, JK. It is the very first board operator slash associate producer of the John Kincaid Show, the great 
Marlo is on the line. Marlo, you have not been up this early in a long time. Wow. I mean, come on now, on a Sunday morning. Come on. I mean, I don't even know who Anthony is introducing right now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I remember, you know, what's funny is, is that how many people have asked me over the years, you used to have that woman that you worked with. Uh, and then, whatever happened to Marlo? Whatever happened to her? And I'm like, oh, she went to TV. She ran for more money and more prestige and more job security. And she left me high and dry. I mean, let's be honest. Let's air the dirty laundry here. You ran first chance you had for the bright lights of television. That, now, see, that's not true, John, because the reason I left was to get enough experience so that I can produce your television show. Oh, that's, okay. Okay, so that's the, the way you did it. simulcast TV I, show. I am, so, I am so excited for you. I'm so excited for, for you professionally and personally. Uh, yes, because when I knew you, when I first knew you, I would uh, constantly, because I am everybody's dad, and I give it, and I give advice whether it's asked for or not. And what I remember telling you in your own life, never to settle, that you would find the person that made you happy. I remember giving you that advice and saying, "Don't settle," because yeah. I didn't, because I didn't settle. And yeah. now, now you're a happy camper, aren't you? I'm a very happy camper, and. John, I have to say, honestly, you made 6 a.m. very easy. <laughs> uh, out of any shift I've ever had, you made 6 a.m. very easy uh, for many reasons. And we talked a lot off the air, um, and you, you did give the best advice, and it was just out of conversation. And I listened to everything you said. And honestly, there's so much in my life, in my career and in my personal life, that it wasn't even things that you said. Sometimes it was just things that I noticed that you would do in your life or a story you told me about how you met Christina and how you guys flourished together as a couple. And just by watching you, trust me, a lot of the times you didn't realize it, how much I've taken from you and put it toward my own life, and I thank you for that. I thank, thank you, you so much, much, John. Thank you so you much. You have been a true, true mentor, and in, in personal and professional, you really have. And I, I, I literally, I know I've moved on and done other things, but I literally get jealous when I hear that you have a new <laughs> board up or, <laughs> right. or producer, because I'm like, I love John, and I miss him. We had fun. We had a lot of fun. And the thing is, too, is that uh, it, but nothing makes me happier, honestly, than when you guys move on. Hey, if you ever want to switch positions, Marlo, <laughs> feel <laughs> nothing, free. Nothing makes me happier, though, honestly, Marlo, though, when you guys move on. Like, I know like, that. And I, I watch you guys, and I watch you guys grow and flourish and make more money and, and get better positions in your career and things like that. That makes me the happiest. I'd love to I be know. able to – I would love to have kept all of you, but that would have been <laughs> selfish of me, believe me. And they never asked. They literally just <laughs> yanked the talented people away from me, you know, all the time. And, uh, and it's great. <laughs> they never asked. They just took them away. Marlo, I hope 2021 is full of blessings, and I hope you stay in touch. And now, since we're close enough, I'll, I'll see you in Philly. I'll I'm see you in Philly. I'm so excited for you, John. It's going to be this, fun. 
you deserve this. You, I, nobody deserves this more than you. <laughs> I'm so, so happy for you. Thank you, have you. To, I literally screamed. I screamed <laughs> when I saw the news that you were well, coming to Philly. And well, tell every, you know, tell everybody so to prepare themselves. <laughs> Thank you, Marlo. I appreciate it. You're Thank awesome. Thank you so much, John. Best Thanks. of luck. And I'll I talk to you soon. To hear you in Philly. All right, I'll talk to you soon. I love that. I love that. Anthony, I got to tell you, she was she was one of the special ones. She Marlo's was one great. Of, she was one of the special ones. Great person. But then again, moving yes, good people. There's a lot of good people with this network. There's a really a, a, a lot of good a lot of good people. So you have a clip? Yeah, too? so in our next clip from the first JK show back on January the 6th, 2013, uh, we were hearing some rumors that the great Lance Armstrong was going to open up about what he had done. Uh, here was your reaction to that. I didn't believe Lance Armstrong's story. Not for a second. And now we're hearing news that potentially Lance is getting ready to come forward and, and might bare his soul. Well, there's one thing, Lance, you're not going to give me. I, I, I didn't get the yellow bracelet. I wasn't slipping that yellow bracelet on. I didn't need it. I survived without the yellow bracelet. A lot of great doctors and nurses and, and fine people who helped. But you, you can't give me amnesia. Because every person who doubted you, despite the overwhelming evidence against you, the fact that you wanted to continually try to smear the character of other men who admitted their guilt and you wanted to make it out that they were all guilty and you were the only one who was clean and anybody who dared in the media to in any way speculate or to question any of your accomplishments or, or believe in some of the data that was being provided them, you smeared them too. So one thing you're not going to give me, no matter what kind of story you decide to craft, no matter what sort of redemption routine you try to create for me, you're not going to get me to have amnesia. You're not going to get me, no matter what you admit to me now, if you choose to do so, if, you are not going to get me to forget what you did to every single person who did step up and tell the truth about their involvement with blood doping. The ones who admitted their guilt, took their medicine, let their names be tarnished a bit. And then uh, 11 days later, Armstrong admitted using performance-enhancing drugs yes. to Oprah Winfrey. And I was supposed to feel like he, he, he came forward and told me something I didn't know. I mean, come on. I knew, I, here, Anthony, and it's, and it's very honest with you. Uh, I know how my life was affected by the cancer treatments I went through. Uh, and I know that um, I've done, I have to battle, like, to keep weight off. I have to battle to stay energized. That's one of the reasons why my wife has insisted, you're going to be getting up at four in the morning, you know, five days a week, so you don't need to be doing it on, on Sundays. So that's one of the reasons that I'm walking away from the show as I start my new career in Philadelphia. Uh I knew that Lance Armstrong couldn't be bigger, stronger, faster, better without some assistance. And he went through hell, and I respect that he went through hell. But I wish instead he had told the true story from the beginning of how he was doing it. He was doing it with help. He was doing it with assistance. 
because I knew he couldn't be telling the truth, and I had no problem saying it. And it took a long time to be proven right, but I was proven right. Dennis Dodd talks college football with us coming up around 40 minutes past the hour. Plus, uh, more of your calls at 855-212-4CBS. And in the NFC, well, there's some ugly stories to tell. John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. It's becoming your Sunday habit. This is the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, I'm so excited to have you aboard the John Kincaid Show here on CBS Sports Radio. JK, you know, you hear the Godfather theme. Yes, I do. The Italians are here. Not only, I love Italians. Not only me, but... Uh-oh, what? We have a special guest. Another Italian? Another Italian, one of my favorites. Former Uh-oh. board operator, associate producer of the JK Show... The great Joe D is on. The oh line. my gosh, Joey D. JK, how are you? Now in the world of education, I mean, you're educating people, you're leading young minds, you're you've taken your knowledge and you share it every day. Aren't you a bit surprised by that? No, I'm not. I mean, you learn from one of the best. Of course, of yeah, course. Exactly. How I don't are know you? Who that was good, man. How are you doing? I'm so I'm glad do- you were able to check in this morning. Of course, I'll be honest. This may be the earliest I've been up on a Sunday. Since I, I left working the show, but I had to do it for you, JK. That is absolutely awesome. That is absolutely awesome. So, I mean, you had some good memories with us, right? I mean, you had some fun with us. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we could laugh about it now, but I mean, I remember when I was training on the show um, and a little behind the scenes uh, at CBS Sports Radio. Um, in order to get to commercial, right, you got to hit a button. If you don't hit that button, you may not go to commercial. I will never forget the first time not going and hitting that button. Right. And thinking we were in commercial, and you and I are chatting off the air. You're getting to know me, and, and Marlo comes back into the room and goes, are we in commercial? And I'm like, yeah, I think they're in commercial. And then all of a sudden panic ensues, but you were as calm as a cucumber. <laughs> didn't miss a beat while I'm sweating. Here I am in my first shift. Like, here we go. I already... I'm already doomed here, but, you know. See, no. That one, that one mistake, that one mistake, never made that mistake again. So. Well, I mean, the live learn. live mic is very important. Live, oh, uh, you know, live mic is very important. You have to watch that big time, you know And, Joe, I mean? how much fun did we have together here in the studio? Oh, a ton, tons, tons. See? It was a show, it was a show uh, on top of a show behind the glass. See, there, there you go. A, it was always a great time. And then even our, uh, you know, off off air commercial chats, whether it be about, you know, how terrible the Eagles are, or yeah, listen to you guys. Yeah, you aren't you aren't you big and ballsy now when I'm not there to smack you down? Yeah, exactly. You know, when 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 the Green Bay Packers (laughs) are playing, you know, at the level that they're playing at, you know, just defeating the Eagles, I feel like I could talk about this. Yeah, you won this year. Yeah, you won this year. Last year you wet your pants. Yeah, I'll I'll enjoy it. I'll be honest, JK, I wasn't a little nervous. When Jalen Hurts came in, I got a little nervous. Which I a little nervous. Did, but I did. Wow, you almost did. Joey, I love you. Stay in touch, buddy. JK, thank you so much. Congratulations thank you, and best of luck. Thank you, buddy. Gotta love it. You've done a good job this morning, Anthony. There were a lot of people that worked on this show over the years. There's a lot, lot of folks that, a lot of folks that worked on this show over the years. And um, and Anthony's been the biggest maestro of them all. By the way, Anthony, you longer than any 
producer in the history of the John Kincaid show, whether it's the seven years with ESPN radio to the eight years with CBS, you lasted the longest. Looks like I made it. (laughs) So you're going to be saying today at 10, 10 Uh, Eastern. Well, I have now developed a drinking habit because of, uh, for me to get through it, you know, <laughs> absolutely. You, you, you don't know this, but underneath the uh, board that I'm in front of, I keep a uh, bottle of vodka. That uh, you know, I, I thought to... you did that to wipe down the counters because it was so filthy <laughs> during COVID. I thought you were very concerned. Well, forget COVID. I mean, you know, any day this place is filthy. So, oh man, you know what I am seriously though. You you brought up the looks like we made it. It's it's one of the things that I am most proud of of this show, is that in the constant cesspool. Of negativity. That is sports radio as a whole. I am so thrilled that this show has always found a way to tell you that the glass can never be half empty. Because you can't be half empty. Your glass can only be half full. And the fact is, on this show, we've always found the positive angle. Yes, we can. We've always managed to find it. And this year... So many in the sports media industry have tried to drag you down and tried to make you not believe that things could work out, that you should try stuff. But this show, join it one last time with us on this. Looks like we made it. Yep. The people who said, plug forward, try. If we fail trying, that's better than not trying at all. And that should be your motto in life. Thank you, Brock. We made it. We did. And in 2020, more than any time, all the naysayers, all the gloom and doomers, all the Wolken crew, not Woken, Wolken crew, that said, don't try this. Why are we even doing this? Why are we trying this? For all of you, you're absolute, you absolutely rock. You absolutely rock. Thank you so much for being a part of the show every single week uh, here on the network. Really appreciate that. Always serve football with a side of strong opinion. Now back to the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. One of the pleasures of doing this job is the fact that you uh, get to work without a net and you get to have strong opinions. You have to support your opinions. And a guy like Dennis Dodd understands that as he covers reports and, and shares his thoughts and opinions on the world of college football all the time. And uh, I love guys who are fearless and bold, and Dennis Dodd's always been one of my favorites. And I'm honored that on the last John Kincaid show here on the network that Dennis Dodd was able to stop by and visit. How are you this morning, Dennis? John, the honor is all mine. Happy trails, my friend. You, you've, been a, you've been a go-to on Sunday mornings for years, so going to miss you. Thank you. And uh, believe me, your phone will still work when I reach out. Now, in Philadelphia, we don't talk a ton of college football, I'm expecting. But when something does break, expect a text. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Expect Absolutely. a text. I'll be there. Yeah, Looking I'll be forward there. to it. Dennis, this year, though, what a crazy, what a crazy, crazy 2020 and the way things have come together. And I did a little uh, you know, commentary earlier where I think seeing what happened to Florida yesterday is the reason that five games isn't enough for me. To be able to say, yeah, just put Ohio State in one of the top four teams in the country and let them have a shot to win the national championship. Is there flawed, yeah. logic, is there flawed logic in there, or does that sound reasonable? 
No, that sounds reasonable. I think when you've got potentially a four-game disparity between contenders at the top and Ohio State, uh, that's that's a great point. You know, and then completely dismissing the fact that USC could have the same record, six and zero, and if you look at the schedules, not that different. I mean, no, you. Know, you Ohio State beat Indiana, okay, by, by a touchdown. They have, they have the better win. But we're completely dismissing a team, you know, USC, which has become in a conference by reputation and perception almost out of it. It's almost a power four now. You can see it by the rankings from the selection committee. They're not going to elevate USC into the top four in the same region as Ohio State. How much has the have these uh, conferences over time done themselves damage with the playoff committee, like where they where they've done the damage to themselves? And is there anything that the Pac-12 hasn't been doing as a conference to maybe curry favor with these folks? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's the human condition. You know, I can't see into the mind of those thirteen people, but you you can see what's happening because it's happened all over the country. And I think it is it's. It's Ohio State in the Big Ten uh, because Clemson. they're a tradition. Clemson, yes. they're traditional powers, and they're very good teams. But the the Pac-12 was dismissed out of hand when they became the conference that played what the fewest games on paper when sure. they started their season. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And you saw it in the rankings. I think the problem too that I've got with this with this whole year, honestly, is the way that uh, I pointed to the fact that people are saying, you know what, this is the kind of year specifically where we need more teams in the playoff. And I've looked at the the and I brought it up last week on the show in the six years of the college football playoff, the average margin of victory in the semifinal games is twenty one and a half points. The semifinal yeah. games, so when four plays one and two plays three. Three and a half, three touchdowns plus is the average margin of victory, which to me just sort of says we're not good at finding four really good teams that deserve to play for the national title, let alone more. Is there flawed logic though in that? You know, I'll, I'll listen to the expanded playoff argument, but I don't know if that three touchdown margin goes away because the game is just coalesced around three or four teams that can really, really win it. Uh, we knew going into the season that Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama were probably going to take up three of those spots. Right. And it looks like that's going to happen. Um, the out, there have only been 12 teams that have played for it, J.K., in the, in the sure. six years of the playoff. The outlier last year, the outlier, the newbie, was LSU, who's a traditional power in the SEC. So there's not much room. And the only way you get room is, is by expanding it. I think it'll happen, but I don't think it'll happen for six more years until the contract runs out, mostly because now ESPN's not, not in the financial shape to write a bigger check, and it's going to take years for, for them and these schools to dig out of the current financial situation. Dennis, is the committee a little to blame for maybe being myopic and not being open to other storylines crossing their table, or do you blame some of these programs for not living up to expectations and doing the things? Because I, I'm in the shadow of one here in Georgia where everybody's been talking about Kirby Smart and the dogs kicking the do- door through. Year two, they did. But honestly, I see decline in the performance of the program. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And I thought they were rewarded, unfairly rewarded last week in the rankings when they were, what, seven, something? Made seven, no eight, sense to me. 
made they, no sense. They, they had no, they had nothing to back it up. The, the only the only resistance they faced in the season, they lost the games. Um, so that was complete reputation. You look at a team like Cincinnati. If you look at them play from down to down, could they could they have uh, stayed within four touchdowns of Alabama? Unlike Texas A and M, yeah, I think they could have. I mean, I think they're that good. Uh, we won't know probably, but I think what they've done. Uh, over the season and what they've earned and Luke Fickle maybe being the national coach of the year is worthy of something. It's going to take a near miracle for them to get in, but they should be watched. Is the, uh, so what would you expect from like right now in Alabama who looks like they are playing the best ball? I mean, they, 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 that'd be the team that has played the best ball, but do you think that matters when we come to a you know a college football playoff this year, what should we expect? Do we would this be a year that maybe we expect a curveball or something different because of the there's been such a strange season? No, uh, <laughs> what the curveball last night was Florida losing, which basically Correct. eliminated eliminated the SEC from getting two in. Could happen again; it would be a miracle. Um, that helped. Who it helped was Ohio State, traditional power. And Texas A&M, which would be a newbie, um, getting in. Ohio State has less resistance now to get into the top four if they win the Big Ten. And, and Texas A&M as well. They have to play Tennessee. But, again, that's another SEC team. Um, you know, I, I just said they've lessened the chance of getting two. Yes, uh, Flor- if Florida wins, if somehow Florida wins, I don't think they get into the top four. And then in that case, the SEC's champion would not play for a championship for the first time since 2005. So it was so not a do, good day. Not a no. good day for the SEC. So where do they wander? Where where will the committee where will the committee's eyes be this week? And and well, where will, yeah. like like what's what's and and will there be? Is there any chance we have an outsider crash? No, because even with or very unlikely, even if. Right. Notre Dame sweeps Clemson. Okay, that creates an opening. I just told you what would happen right. if Florida wins. I mean, you really have to squint to see Florida win. Okay, that would create, um, you know, two openings because Alabama, I think, is clinched. I don't see any scenario where they, even if they're blown out by Florida, it's going to be hard to drop them out of the top four. The most dominant team, arguably, of the Saban era, just for different reasons this time. So that's two spots. The two spots go to Ohio State and Texas A&M. If that's the outlier, Cincinnati's not going to get a sniff. I, they lost some traction this week when they lost a data point not playing Tulsa. I don't know if that gets them in either, but that gets them to 10 games. Uh, there's very few 10-win teams in, in, across the country. But, and I, you know, I guess the, the real outliers of Tennessee beats Texas A&M and or Northwestern beats Ohio State, then you've got to look at, then you've got to look at a Florida, which would be given probably first consideration, and then a Cincinnati. Tell me about what you saw out of Indiana this year and this story out of Indiana, because I'm trying to think of the le- – first of all, I've been very entertained by the product, which really to me is exciting because there's a program that I never paid attention to that I'm excited that there's another exciting story to discuss. But how, un- like how crazy is that story? You know, that, that, that you see a program sort of, and they have sort of slightly come out of nowhere, but they've been yeah. knocking on the door of being relevant, right? Yeah. Uh, last year, eight and five, first eight win season since 1993. Tom Allen was, he was an assistant under Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. How many people knew who he was? Good guy, uh, try hard players. 
But then they get this Michael Penix Jr. as a quarterback, as a left-hander, um, which provide uh, people underestimate that. Just a left-handed quarterback is, is, is harder to defend because most sure. the defenses are right-handed because of that. And if he's not left-handed and has the sense to switch to his right hand in that game against Penn State, we're not even having this situation where he may or may not have hit the pylon. Um, you know, you've got a good defense under Kane Womack, a real young defensive coordinator. And then Tom Allen losing his son for the season to an injury and crying, very emotional. He's got something going there. They're not going away. You know, they're going to be a contender in the Big Ten. They came within an eyelash of, of you know, getting Ohio State as well. So that's a Cinderella story that bears watching because I think they could be good for years to come. Question is, is he going to be there? I mean, because isn't, yeah. isn't his phone going to ring off the hook? You know, everybody wanting to give him a more prominent job. I wonder, so many times you see, now I'm a Temple University grad. I've seen my program get poached three or four times now for a head coach. And so do you think that happens, or do you think he's a guy who might be actually tied to that school for a little while? I think he might be tied to it for a while because he's, he's invested so much in his first head coaching job. Not going to be anything this year. You know, Arizona is probably going to go to Steve Sarkeesian. He's the leading candidate. If Auburn comes open, that's going to be a huge Hugh Freeze speculation for him to go there. So that doesn't really fit Tom Allen. Maybe something next year. And if he keeps it going for years, you know, does he get tired of hitting his head against you know, Ohio State? And traditionally Michigan and Penn State, not this year, but um, you know, that could drive him away. But I think it's a situation where he can build something. He's got support. He can get talent. He can, he can, he's got that Bill Snyder formula where he can take three stars and coach them up into, into an all-conference player. So there's something to be said for that. There is, a, uh, there, there is something about redemption stories. I love them, like the Michael Vick story. I love that story. Yep. There, there are many people who don't. They sort of almost, I, I think, root against redemption stories. Hugh Freeze, I think he's another potential great one. If yeah, this stuff I, I like together. it. Yeah, for for everything that he's done, and they were self-inflicted he, wounds, just like with Michael Vick, and he has to own all that. As much as I and others have criticized him, I'm I'm willing to give him not a pass, but look, a chance at a redemption, a, a second chance. He had to go to a place like Liberty, which at the time might have been the only school in the country that could hire him. Yeah, um, that's the way it's got to be, right? Right, and he goes through that car wash. And now, you know, now the, the only hurdle for him to get back in the SEC, uh, if it's Auburn or someplace else, is to get the blessing from Greg Sankey, who put the kibosh on him becoming a, a coordinator at, um, at Alabama. Because there were NCAA violations. His name didn't appear in the sanctions. I know that. He keeps reminding people of that. But he oversaw the program uh, at the point they got a two-year bowl ban. So, I think he can let back, be let back in. He's a hell of a coach. He's he is. a hell of a coach. And whoever gets him is going to have a good coach. And he's kept his nose clean, so why not? You know what I like in the history of this show, too, in the eight years that I've been doing CBS Sunday mornings, you and I both got to see beloved teams win a championship. I got to watch yep. you from a distance celebrate <laughs> your St. Louis Blues, finally winning you a, a Stanley Cup, and I got to see the Eagles win the Super Bowl. And I, I'll tell you, to me, that is just – that's one of the great things about doing a show when you find out. I love it when I find out who guys root for. Like, that you yeah. can still be a fan. That you show your, your fandom. You're like, I'm a guy who covers sports, but I can still be a fan and be just as dumb as the, as the rest of us. Yeah. You know, I, 
cover hoops in football, but I can still root for the Cardinals and Blues. You know, that's, that's yes. okay. Because I'm not going to be anywhere close to them. And I grew up there. And it's in my heart. And, you know, you can, yes, you can still be a fan. And, you, and we root every day for these games. You root for the best story. You know, you root, yes, you root yes. for the Tom Allens. Yeah. Um, when you're in the press box, you're, you, know, you don't care what the result is. You, okay, what's the best story? What's the best story yeah. that we can or get? Or it's a bad game. How quick can we get out of here? <laughs> Dennis, your kindness to this show is always appreciated, and I thank you so much. And I'll look forward to catching up with you, I promise. I'll call you from Philly. Look forward to it. Thanks, John. Thanks, Dennis. Dennis Dodd joining us here on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Um, guys like Bill Bender. Uh, Dennis Dodd and Bill Bender sort of... You know, my favorite go-tos, I would say to Angela, uh, you know, uh, to Anthony, excuse me, I would say rotate them. Like, get, see if you can get them on each month and rotate them because they're really good. They're good people and they're really good guys. And by the way, Dennis and I disagree. Again, he's a guy that I disagree with a lot on things. And you can, you can again, you can disagree and you can, uh, you know, you can you can find ways to to get along with people that you disagree with. And we disagree on a lot of issues. And we've had many good debates over the years. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, I mean, it's a when you find when you find really really talented guys like that. It is a it, it's it's awesome. And I appreciate every single one of you uh that has been a part of things. Uh we've got 1 hour to go. We got 1 hour left on the show. And Anthony did a fun thing whereby uh the last media guest who will join us was the first media guest who ever joined us and one of my favorites Pete Prisco covering the NFL for CBS so Pete Prisco joins us in the next hour also a huge fan of General Hospital and the Young and the Restless so I guarantee we'll catch up on that too and hopefully I'll get a chance to say goodbye to you if you want to get a last minute phone call in at 855-212-4CBS the final hour of the John Kincaid show on CBS Sports Radio comes your way next stick around